Okay, so I'm here with the, I guess we can call us the uh, Spiritual Metrics and Research Intensive Steering Committee, the Accord Research Alliance Steering Committee. I'm here with Nathan Maloney from Living Water. Give a hey. Hello. <laughs> I'm Kristen with Water Mission. We also have David Bronkema from Eastern University. Hey. And Rodney Green from World Relief. Hello. And we are just taking some time at the end of our spiritual metrics and research intensive day to do a little recap for the podcast. We thought it'd be a great opportunity to capture all of the amazing conversation and collaboration that happened today and some um, agenda setting that we did for the future and share that with our podcast family because we know not all of you were able to attend today. Hopefully this gets you excited about uh, maybe attending in the future, um, but certainly we wanted to let you guys know, let everyone know what we what we talked about today and how excited we are about the conversation that we had. So our theme was integrating faith with relief development and advocacy, research metrics and implementation. And I'm gonna turn it over to Rodney to give us to, to a short recap of what our arc of the day was. What did we discuss? Well, we, we really had kind of three touch points. One was connection and just having space for connecting. And we really got a chance to hear from everybody in the room. And the second point was big picture. We had, a, well, three great keynote speakers, uh, David Bronkema from Eastern University, Gene Duff from the Joint Learning Initiative, and Rebecca Shaw from the Religious Freedom Institutes, who gave us a really great overview of the field of integrating faith with relief development and advocacy and giving us a sense of what governments are doing and how there's kind of an open open door in a sense for faith-based organizations at the moment and from there we went to a bit more practical and we heard from five different organizations case studies of research and uh, spiritual metrics that they're doing right now in their organizations and then we also got a chance to dig in with some tools with Laura Shannon House from Georgia State University and the Humanitarian Disaster Institute and we also got to hear a research study of Accord members and how they're engaging with research and uh, spiritual metrics. So it was a great overview, a chance to connect, a chance to get some big picture, and also a chance to get practical. Mm -hmm. Great, awesome overview. So yeah, we wanted to take some time just to kind of get our impressions out too. So I wanna hear from you guys what really stuck out to you about what was mentioned today? Did you have a favorite part of the day? What, you know, if you were to pick maybe one key thing or one moment, what would you highlight? That's a tough, tough thing to ask. You know what jumped out at me? I thought that things just flowed together so well. Um, you know, you had, you had Gene Duff starting us off with, um, I think, uh, just an analysis that, as Rodney just said, that pointed out, Hey, if you all are interested in participating and collaborating with government, government institutions, UNICEF, um, USAID and others, there are some real possibilities there. Um, so kind of setting that out from the faith-based perspective, but then going beyond that and saying, and here's what I recommend and suggest that you all do in order to be most effective. You know, you need to argue for the fact that your faith brings something extra to the table. And yet there's also openness to argue for the value of you sharing your faith, right? Um, because that's kind of what makes your, your, your value added uh, so important, right? So, and then, then, then you moved into uh, uh, Rebecca Becky Shaw and hers was, um, 
uh, hers was was just something that helped us to understand you know uh, it's really important uh, for us to make sure that we are aware that uh, that 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 the the expression of our faith is something that uh, is indeed important for us to hold on to and really value and then uh, you know when we went to the panel discussion then as you said uh, Ronnie right the the, 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 the the just the way that uh, both of those overviews were complemented by the nitty-gritty, sophisticated, and uh, uh, just well-thought-through uh, details of how to implement these programs in a way that combines faith. I, I just thought it just went it just went well together, really well together. Yeah, I think for me, uh, what really stood out was um, really throughout the day, as you're saying, David, of things just flowing together, um, just really this sense of knowing that our faith, our belief, has impact on how many people define development, but also that it sh can be and should be even redefining how we think about um, development. And as you were mentioning about Gene Duff um, at the beginning, just knowing that USAID and other multilateral organizations are interested in this conversation, and I think there's a long way to go in the conversation, but at least that it's starting to be talked about a bit more. But that's where evidence and research really becomes important to show what impacts there actually are from faith on development, either how it's been defined or how it's uh, starting to be redefined mm -hmm. a little bit. And I think the question or maybe the task really put to our network then from that conversation is, well, how do we share better? Mm -hmm. So I had so many conversations in the room today with people who maybe it was their first time here and their first time getting to know us who said, I cannot believe that Christian organizations are doing this kind of stuff. This is really good stuff. Why does no one know about this? Mm -hmm. So I almost feel like, okay, that's where we need to push into. And that's really ties along well with what Jean was saying is sort of the opportunity is there for us. To, to do this. We have the data, we have the information, we have the results, and, and you know, sure, the more the merrier, we're still working in that regard, but how do we share this more broadly to let people know what we're doing? Mm -hmm. yeah. I think what also came across, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that uh, there already is a lot of sharing between Accord member networks, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you all seem close to each other, right? You share information with each other, and I think today even um, basically coalesce that even more especially with the this was my first year when we've combined it because I wasn't able to attend last year but having people stand up during that connection time say who they were and then say what they were interested in connecting around uh, I think really opened up for then people to be able to very 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 much target each other to okay I need to talk with that person I need to talk with that person and I think that will build up even more what already is going on mm -hmm. great Rodney, anything to add? Anything that's kind of stuck out to you or jumped out to you or an aspect you really enjoyed of today? Yeah, I think another theme that jumped out to us uh, was just the posture of humility. Mm -hmm. um, there was a big emphasis from one of our speakers at the end of the day from the Humanitarian Disaster Institute doing some research around humility and leadership. And I think that really struck a chord with us as researchers and as implementers in our organizations. And just really wanting to, to dive into that and, and apply that in our own lives as well as in our work. And I think the theme of listening also came out and, and really taking a posture of listening um, from the people that we're serving as well as the people that um, we work with around the world. Mm -hmm.
Okay, great. So I'm actually curious to hear from you also too, how you might use what you heard today in your work. I think probably for a lot of us, our brains were churning as we were hearing everyone share and get thinking about, well, how can we use either what's been shared or what do we need to push into more with the work that we're doing? Do you guys have anything to share in that regard? You know, what it brought home to me is, you know, for these past three, three years, I want to do more in terms of kind of getting our book out, getting our spiritual metrics website up, getting the listserv going. And there's just, you know, there's, there's so much to do, I think, in terms of helping people to continue to connect throughout the year and not just have this be a one time. So I think, you know, based on also the, the uh, suggestions that we got from everybody in terms of what the themes were for next year, that for me, it wants me, it leads me to want to really do as much as I can to set time aside to try to encourage that more and more in some way, shapes or form. And, and so kind of perhaps prioritizing, and we, I think we've done a little bit of this in our prep conversations for today. What, what should be the priorities where we, where uh, our organizations can kind of serve a little bit as a catalyst for, for some of these things, right? To serve, serve the members. Um, that's what kind of makes me even more excited, right? Mm -hmm. To try to set that time aside to be a part of that. I think, from my perspective, and this kind of relates to some of the things we heard on the panel today with the case studies uh, from different organizations, but it's really, it's kind of this idea of let's get what we are currently doing out there more to the broader audience, but also for our own organizations as we think about our own staff capacity and different things like that. Are we developing tools or the right kinds of tools that allows staff to uh, to look at and learn from the research that we're doing internally um, because I think the closer the analysis is happening to the actual programs the more likely it is to have um, an impact on those programs and more quickly as well so it's kind of cool to see a couple tools starting to come out um, as case studies and uh, perhaps that's something we'll see more of next year maybe some organizations will pick some of those up and run with it a bit more as well. I think too, one of the things that I heard Laura Shannon House say, who she shared in the last session on that study she did on humility and then a couple of resources and, and metrics and um, indicators that she uses in her work is she said, you know, I've seen this group come so far in the past three years. She said, it's just incredible to see this moving from conversation to doing and sharing and you know who knows i think where we're going in this conversation is actually sharing results and kind of doing more in dissemination so we're kind of i think pushing in that regard but we see us moving there as a group mm -hmm. i think for the most part and yeah. so certainly there's different participation as years go on and certainly some groups who have more resources resources to do this than others but i think that is collaboratively where this group is pushing and so if we see some of those who maybe are achieving this now hopefully push the others who are working there I think we're we're collaboratively or collectively moving in that direction and I think that's really cool to see okay we're not just stagnant sitting in the water having the same conversations but we are doing more together and that's really encouraging I think Kristen to jump to jump in there um, sorry Ronnie <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what struck me about Laura's presentation is how she basically set things up so well to say what Gene Duff was saying, hey, here's evidence that you need in order to make your argument vis-a-vis -vis the secular organizations. And my question is, yeah, but that, that now requires somebody to take what she's done, right, and to kind of write that up in such a way 
that's available for member organizations to point to when they mm -hmm. want to enter into a relationship with their secular organizations. And I, I'm not sure, so sure we have that structure yet mm -hmm. that, uh, of making that possible, but it does require somebody to take that on, right, to take full advantage of it. So Sorry, is that right? where the advocacy piece comes in then? Is kind of I, I, it may be advocacy, right? It depends on how we talk about advocacy, yeah. which is advocacy would be sometimes used in a more political sense to change mm -hmm. policy, but you're right, advocacy in terms of producing materials that can be used that to advocate be. for our organization vis-a-vis -vis the multinational, multilateral organizations um, in terms of viewing us as co-participants because of what we have to offer. And mm -hmm. Laura, Laura's study itself already with all the references she's made, I mean, that gives you a huge talking point right there. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Rodney. And then one thing that strikes me that kind of going along with what all of you are saying is that we're really developing or seeing a development in a data-driven culture. Mm -hmm. And that's going at how we share and how we build partnerships with with organizations or governments outside of our organizations but it's also kind of reflecting back on how we work within our organizations i think nathan mentioned something about bringing analysis closer to mm -hmm. when the data is collected mm -hmm. and seeing mm -hmm. that local capacity being built in our country offices where they are working with data and and the more they work with data the more they're going to want to use that to make decisions mm -hmm as well as how they communicate um, throughout the organization and beyond. So that's an exciting kind of cultural shift I think we're seeing here. Yeah. It almost seems like the fear of data or the fear of the quantitative stuff, right? the fear of, oh, it's going to be so much more work has been completely reversed, at least according to what you all said, where you actually see now, because you have these processes in place, it's impacting your organizations, even in terms of the spirit that you adopt in terms of your posture right as far as relationships are concerned with the people with whom you're working that was so exciting to see so i think the last thing maybe we can talk about here is we did discuss a little bit sort of a frame framework for the future so i think we're really moving in a great direction with our alliance um, and certainly our goal is always to understand how can we better serve the alliance how can we do more um what what do people need from this group at the forum, um, but also all year long? How can we really be equipping people with the tools that they need for the future? So uh, could you guys maybe touch on, I, I know we have, we're all staring at a whiteboard right now <laughs> where all this is written down, but if you could maybe touch on if there's anything on that board that stood out to you that you're like, hey, I think this is one, really interesting, or two, possibly something we can do, but not making any commitments, of course, but just, you know, kind of talking about what maybe excites you about the prospects for the future. Well, one dimension I think is, you know, we have uh, microfinance institutions involved in the network already, but we had someone mention the need for more private sector engagement. So we're talking more about impact investing and how they're already in their spaces developing tools and metrics for um, spiritual impact and all sorts of different methods or areas of impact um, in their spaces too. So I think kind of thinking about how we engage more with, with the private sector is also something kind of an exciting mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember who said this, but one thing that jumped out to me was, um, and maybe it was Rebecca Shaw, but it's talking about how foundations are more interested now in, in funding research and really trying to help organizations that are wanting to do more with, with metrics. And so I don't know if this is on the board here, but I, I do think moving forward as if we can engage and find some of those foundations who'd want to be engaged with an alliance like this and have access to uh, some of these organizations, 
um, I could see that kind of being a nice addition, especially as as some of the, you've previously said, moving toward more collaboration. Maybe there's you know um, between organizations doing some research together. Even um, those are great opportunities to kind of come together and look at for some funding to help um, with those research projects. When I look at that list that's up on the whiteboard, what jumps out at me is that you see a couple different categories. One is a desire for more training. In other words, a desire to learn more, to kind of mm -hmm. be equipped more. Uh, another one uh, that jumps out is a desire for contact in order to be able to bounce questions off and to learn more, not just in a training session, but just kind of more an ongoing even mentoring role. Mm -hmm. So, and I think both of those things can be done. I think the training would require, as somebody mentioned, probably more work in terms of setup, uh, but even, even kind of creating a structure by which people can access each other. Um, and kind of that idea came up, right, of, mm -hmm. of doing a list of who's doing what and what area that might provide kind of uh, easy points of contact and collaboration. So those two things jump out at me. I, I don't know if both of those things can be done at once because you know time is limited but that's mm. what jumps out at me there yeah and i think because it was my idea <laughs> i love this idea of, i think i mentioned um, my idea okay too. good good i'm the only one who likes to support my idea you were more transparent than I would say. <laughs> so this um notion of having some guiding principles in place so we've been in alliance now for a while i don't think this exercise has ever been done but i have had people ask me especially this year it seems more than other years in the past of hey are there any guidelines or anything you can point me to for how Accord um, member organizations do research? What are best practices? What should we really be aligning with as we look to set up our M&E program or just conduct a study? Um, and we don't have anything like that. So I think that'd be gr a great framework, especially for engaging new folks, um, some kind of foundational things to, to point people to for who we are and how we measure what matters, really. Great. So thanks, guys, for this recap. This was fun. I feel like we need to have more <laughs> informal, conversational podcasts. But any yeah. closing thoughts any of you want to offer about the day or the Accord Research Alliance in general? I was struck by what I think are, and, and, and actually Steve and Amy's research pointed that mm -hmm. out, kind of how some differences in theological perspectives manifest themselves in terms of how metrics are approached as far as their specific content, right? So you ranged from people who really wanted to focus in on kind of the spiritual side, right, and disaggregate that. And you had others that said, no, no, it's all woven together, mm -hmm. and we have a few things in there that we might be able to take out. So I think that's going to be really, in, really interesting to see how that uh, discussion uh, evolves over these next few years, because they are, I think they are two very different approaches and two very different mindsets. Mm -hmm. I think one, one other word that, that people have used, especially when we did our connections section and saw people get up and share what they were doing and all the different organizations and work that they represent, I think the word was inspirational. Mm -hmm. I think it, the, the wealth of, of knowledge and experience that was in the room today is something that I think will only continue to grow and I'm excited about that. So I think one thing that stood out to me was actually something David said in his opening remarks was about um, this idea of just starting small, um, just you know, starting somewhere, mm. have the conversations that you need to have internally as an organization around what matters to you or what is a spiritual change 
you want to see or what is the theology as you're talking about um, that really guides us and then start small pick a tool start gathering data and I think you'll be pretty amazed at how enriching that can be to an organization so hopefully for organizations here that are maybe looking at it kind of starting from scratch or anybody listening um, hopefully that's encouraging to think uh, it doesn't have to be this overwhelming RCT or major mm -hmm. research project mm -hmm. that requires funding um, you can get started uh, today so I think for me I guess following along that same theme so this is my fourth I think research intensive that I've attended um, and helped facilitate a few but you'd think after a while it would get to be the same people and the same conversations and doing the same thing. And that is so not the case. I find inspiration, as Rodney mentioned, every time I come here and not just inspiration from collaborating with people in this room or getting to know new people in this room, but the connections you develop that you sustain throughout the year. Mm -hmm. So we all know each other pretty well at this point, but I seem to meet new people every year who I maintain a connection with throughout the year and either they're helping me, I'm helping them, but it's this collaborative um, thing. And I think that's how we really achieve this like Christ-centered mm -hmm. mission, right? Is yeah. by, we, we cannot do it alone. The body of Christ. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, and I think this network or this alliance is doing a lot to form with that. So it's really encouraging. And I'm blessed to be here with all of you doing this work. Likewise. <laughs>